Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from The Throne of Glass series, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, The Game of Thrones television show, The Hundred television show, Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. How's it going? Oh, it's going. How are you? I'm good. I'm just, you know, hanging out at home. It finally stopped raining here, so it's nice. Um, but yeah, it's 4th of July weekend that we're recording this. So it's Ooh. three day weekend. I'm so excited. Uh, I plan on doing absolutely nothing, laying by the pool and reading. That's, that's the, uh, the plan for the weekend. What about you? That sounds, that sounds like the perfect 4th of July weekend. Yeah, my plans, um, I'm spending the week at my mom's house because it's a little bit closer of a commute. And my boyfriend's actually out of town on vacation. He went to go visit some family. So we're having a barbecue and I'm going to try to get some reading done. Um, I'm going to, going to try and get started on Kingdom of Ash. <laughs> I'm scared to start that I one. Too. I know it's going to be brutal and I'm just like, Oh no, like this is going to be, this is going to be rough. So I'm a little scared to start it, but I'm, I'm I want to just finish it this weekend and be done with it and cry a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's brutal. I'm not ready for it. I've got a couple of books in between Tower of Dawn and Waiting to Start Kingdom of Ash. Yeah, I'm not I'm not emotionally prepared, I don't think. No. Have you bought anything no. fun and bookish this week? I haven't received them, but I've bought an obscene amount of bookish things. <laughs> like spent a lot of money on Book Outlet. They had a sale. What else did I get? Oh, Blissfully Bookish made their vintage tea drop and I bought two. And then I also bought the lathe house, uh, joggers cause obsessed with ninth house. Like I need more ninth house merch in my life. Let's see. What else did I buy? <laughs> I just bought a lot of, a lot of things. What about uh, you? I also got the, um, blissfully bookish vintage teas one. I got three. So I did Crescent city, Henrietta, obviously for the Raven cycle. And I did the city of starlight for Akatar because that one is just so stinking cute. Um, it is so cute. I saw that and I was like, oh, I haven't read Akatar yet, but I, it's really cute. <laughs> yeah. So I saw some people do like the custom designs and I was like, wow, that is a really good idea. I think I'm going to have to do that in the winter time. I'm going to do some cropped hoodies and things like that with those designs. They're so cute. So yeah, Definitely. I think I got those. I did get some books from book outlet for the 25% off sale. Yeah. My stuff from phase niche came in. So I think I talked about that a couple episodes ago, but all yeah. my stuff, um, I got their bracelets. And so those came in and I got an Akatar necklace, which is really cute. Even if, I don't know, I just really like it. Cause it's got the mountain and the three stars above it, but it's subtle enough that I can like wear it to work and things like that. And it feels nice, but I really like that one. And I like, it's not bracelets. like glaringly bookish. It's not like, yeah. this is from a book. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's all. I have a couple things coming in. I got like my Fable Bands order in and finally got a chance to wear those, but that's about it, I think. Yeah, on our live, we were yeah. both match wearing our uh, Ketterdam and uh, Six of Crows stuff. So yeah. we were killing it. <laughs> really it was, leaning into it. Was it. Fun. Yep. I loved it. I loved my little Fable Band. I got that one and then I got the Ethereal Key one, the like, mm -hmm. um, the blue one. one so, no, the red one. Yeah. No, the blue one. Oh, the blue one. Okay. Like, yeah. And it's super cute. I love it. Um, 
And then, yeah, I'm still waiting on my bookish box and my owl crate. They had some items that were delayed. So <laughs> I'm going to get like an obscene amount of book boxes in July, which I'm not mad about. I, I have to admit. So, and then, yeah. So I'm excited for those though. They'll be really cute. Yeah. I'm excited too. I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much for a book buying band. <laughs> yeah. It's a new month. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to start it now because I don't need to buy, I have, I bought a bunch of books when um, my sister was here and then I bought a bunch on book outlet. So I was like, okay, I need to actually read the books on my shelves because a lot of them I haven't read yet. Yeah. Mine's getting really overwhelming. I was looking when I was making my TBR for July, I was like, I need to start reading the books that I like haven't read and stop just picking up things that are popular so that I can like feel included. I just want, I feel like I have so many to read and I'm like, I need to start reading these ones that I bought like years ago that are kind of obscure or whatever and actually read them. I, last month I was very proud of myself. I read two book of the month books that never happens. And so I have two book of the month books on my July TBR too. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get through my book of the month books because I've had it for over a year and I, I've only read like three. <laughs> That's fair. I'm doing a buddy read for half sick of shadows. So if anyone else wants to read that jump in. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about empire of storms. And I have to say there was a, so many emotions in this book. It was a lot. Like I was, if and that's why I was saying earlier, I'm scared to read Kingdom of Ash because I had a lot of emotions in this book and Kingdom of Ash, everyone says is brutal. And I'm just like, I'm not prepared. Yeah, I am not ready for this one. I wasn't like that emotional at the end of it. I thought it was so good and like really heartwarming, I think, to see all the characters kind of come together. And I loved all the different point of views. I think there was a lot more diversity in the POVs this time around and some of my favorite characters. So I really liked that, but yeah, this, this one at the end, I don't know. I wasn't that emotional at the end, but it was really heartwarming to like kind of see it all come together, but I'm not ready for King of Ash because I have a feeling people die. Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I don't want any of, with the exception of maybe one, I don't want any of them to die. And so I'm like, if they die, I'm going to, this is going to be bad. I'm going to, I'm going to have to step away. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not ready for that. Um, I really liked this one, but as I was reading it, I got some spoilers from it on accident. So that was kind of a bummer. And I feel like kind of ruined it for me a little bit, but it was pretty good. You had spoilers. Did you have spoilers prior and you knew? No, I had no idea. And I just was looking on my explore page and I just scrolled through and I thought it was a fan art of someone else. And I clicked on it and it was Alid and Warkin. And I was like, Oh, you didn't know they no. were together. No, I've like, I literally, I haven't looked at anything thrown a glass. Like if it's thrown a glass, I just oh. scroll over it. So I have no idea. I didn't know about cha- uh, Chael. <laughs> I didn't know about Chael. And every Yurene. time. Every time. <laughs> I didn't know, this is a spoiler for Tower of Dawn, but I didn't know about Kale and Yurine. I didn't know about, yeah, I didn't know any of the couple. The only one I knew was, the only couple I knew about was Aelin and Rowan. That was the only one. The I knew one all I of no them idea. going in because I was like, oh, who really? ends up with who? Okay, I was well, like, that's so your own fault. Yeah, that was me. I looked it up and I was like, wait, because I knew, okay, it's partially, okay. Um, I had watched a reel that PG Queen did and it was like the one where Aelin was like, like got her cycle or whatever. And it was like how the, how all of the men would react. And it was like, Kale would run out and then Dorian would just like get, tell her to get over it and like give her a book or something like that. And then Lorcan like cut up his shirt for her or whatever. And I was like, wait. This is 
is Lorcan another love interest for Aelin? I was like, I can't handle all these Aelin love interests. Like, I can't. And I was like, if, if they kill off Rowan, I'm going to rage. And so I, like, looked it up, and I was like, oh, no, he's just, it, it's just, I didn't know what that referenced, but then I was, but then when I read it in this book, I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense, but still, like, I was like, wait, is there, is he, like, another love interest for Aelin? And I was like, this girl needs to, like, yeah, come on. Whiplash. No, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. I've never, I didn't look into any spoilers for this, and literally, like, every time I see anything, I just, like, scroll. So I didn't know Aelin and Rowan, but, and I didn't know that, obviously, she was Selena and all that stuff, but past that I didn't know anything and I didn't know who ended up together I didn't know Alessandra I didn't know um Aiden her like cousin I didn't know any of the Manana the 13 like I have no I just knew that they were like in it but I was like I don't know who they are like in regards to that so yeah that was kind of a bummer I went into it and I was like okay I can see where we're going with this obviously because I know but it was kind of it was just kind of a bummer to like know that before and not have had a clue before we like started the book so oh yeah um, I I don't know I liked going in knowing because I was like oh I know they're gonna end up but I was just like this is so fun I love that but um I know you don't like to know things going into books at all so like you very rarely read the synopsis or anything so um I I can see how that would have been annoying <laughs> but I'm just too curious and I look up fan art and I'm obsessed with all of it and I'm just like throw a glass fan art of the who ends up with who like I'm just I'm terrible with that but any kind of like like big spoilers I like when it's like spoiler I'm like scroll 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 I don't want to know I don't want to know like any of the big stuff it even in Empire of Storms I was there was a lot that I was like oh my gosh so there I guess we can get into twists. it yeah but there's a lot <laughs> yeah so this one kind of starts out with um Elite and essentially right in the woods and where she meets Lorcan um and I kind of felt it from then that, that they were going to end up obviously enemies to lovers type of thing, but it was a bummer because I just saw the fan art, like right after I finished that, that first chapter. And I was like, what? Um, but I, I like, I can't love her character more. I think she's so good. And I like the little hints and things that she says, like she can sense that someone's watching her. And then he's like, no one can ever sense that I'm there unless I want them to know that I'm there. And it's like, I think she's going to play a big part in Kingdom of Ash. And I just, I like love her character. I love how smart she is and that she doesn't tell him about, you know, the word key that she has, or she doesn't even know what it is, but she doesn't tell anybody that. And she like talks her way out of getting eaten by a big girl thing. Yeah. She's, I love her. Like she's so just, she's so smart. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a part later on where she's like talking about, like, I don't know what I could even offer Aelin and I'm just, I'm nobody and da, 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 da. And Lorcan's like, you're brilliant. Like you, you've like, he like lists all these things that she's done. He's like, you're so smart. You're like, you know, you can talk your way out of anything, you know? And he's like, you've done all these amazing things. And yet you still think that you're not worthy. And it was just so like, all oh, like, Oh, it was so just like, oh, I love, I love her. Their storyline, I think was my favorite in all of this book, all the things that they like went through and all the twists and turns and like the terrible stuff that happens. And she kind of finds out lots of like important information, I think beforehand. And I, I really liked their storyline. Their storyline was a lot of fun because it was so, they were really the only ones that were really removed from the big, the like main group, at least for a while. That was interesting. Okay, so what did you think of Manon's reaction? Did you expect her to do what she did and not, you know, because basically they're supposed to like raid the capital, basically, and kill Dorian and 
you know, break down the glass wall and he sends, Harrington sends all the dragons out there and everything like that. And she's ringleader, obviously. So, but he sent the yellow legs first. It was kind of weird how they did that. And I don't know if this was kind of like testing her allegiance or if they kind of had an idea that she was kind of on the knife's edge of where she landed. So how did you feel about her reaction and how, when she got to Rifthold and with everything that was going on and all the dragons basically just like destroying everything. And how did you, did you expect that from her? I, I did a little bit expect it from her. I think that like Parrington or Erwin, I don't know how to say his name, but like as a whole, I think he as a character just is so hellbent on destruction. And it's like, you could see how methodical and like, I guess like strategy based that Manon is. Cause she's like, you don't want to like sack the whole city. Cause then we have nothing, you know, to rule over essentially afterwards. And so you, you can tell that Manon's like a really good ruler and a good strategist and that she has an eye for like the future because the yellow legs and the witches in general are just so hellbent on like destruction and have always just been like looking out for the Croatians, Croatians. I don't know how to say them. Croatian witches and just killing them and that's all they've done and so she's like she's so smart and you can see all of that in her so I think they kind of I think it was a test to see like where she was going to fall in all of this but it's like there's a reason she was chosen as wing leader and I think it's so crazy that the rest of them didn't like seek her guidance or like look to her for strategy because it's like she's still ruthless I mean even if they think that she's like turned she's still pretty ruthless and like exactly what she said like don't destroy the capital and do all those sorts of things but I was really shocked when she gets in there and that witch is going to go kill Dorian. And she's like, we want him alive and like kills the witch. And then obviously, you know, like Rowan's on his way and going to help. But I just, their dynamic and their relationship is so good because it's like one of those, I don't even know what the right word is, but it's like, it's like death and peril. Like there's no other options, but you're like, you're still enemies. It's like not like an enemy to lovers thing. It's just like enemies and you're like helping each other out. But I really liked that and how she was willing to like kill another witch and take on the consequences for all of that. And it's like, you think that Manon is so strategic and then it's like, well, maybe she's just really rash or maybe that's just Dorian that makes her that way. But I was not anticipating her killing another witch. I was just anticipating her like coming and maybe just like yeah. the fire out of what's her face. I was not expecting her to like literally chop her head off. Like she literally was just like, nope, don't touch him. Like, and it was, it was also, I thought it was so smart how she also like, angled it in her you know she's like he was my kill like and she wouldn't back off and so I had to kill her and it was just like and that's the language that it's so crazy because like you said she's such a she's so strategic and she knows she knows the witches she like understands that language of the witches and how they're going to respond to that and they're like oh yeah I know yeah like it was so it was so interesting how that happened and then she you know obviously Rowan comes and saves Dorian and they get out but you know, she's sitting there on the tower and then, um, the yellow legs air is like, you're a witch killer, you know? And then she, cause she like smells the blood on her basically. And then she takes off and, you know, goes back to the, um, back to the coven or whatever, but it was just like, Oh man, like that whole scene was so intense. I'm like, Oh, Dorian, you're going to get eaten by dragon like or wyvern i really thought that dorian was gonna die i really thought this would be the one where dorian was gonna die or get captured again like i thought that this was gonna be kind of the end of him i wasn't anticipating that rome was gonna get there in time and they were gonna like scuttle on back to skulls bay and all that and i was so excited i love captain rolf like as a character i I was really excited to have him back and be like a bigger part of all of this 
Yeah. So backing up a little bit. So Rowan comes to save because they know something's going on. So Aelin and her little mini court are traveling to Terrasan to basically talk to the talk to the other lords and everything like that. And um basically to get her thrown back. And I have to say I've never been so angry in, in like these books when I was reading this. I don't even know what his name is, but he was so I hate him so much just the way that he spoke to her and the way that and it makes me laugh and they're like well where were you I'm like okay when this all happened this girl was eight years old eight years old eight years old so she spent the last 10 years obviously like you know she was an assassin and all these things but she was still a child like she's not a full grown like she's not an adult that's been like ruling or has an experience in this and you're going to sit here and like, I always hate it when everyone's just like everyone, when they have this excuse of, well, where were you? I'm like, she was eight when all of this happened. Where, what do you like, what do you mean? Where were you? Like, what is she going to do as an eight-year-old? Like it, there was just so much that I was like, you guys need to, and I understand when she talks about, she's like, it's just a man who wants to hold on to the power that he already has. And I understood that. I was like, that makes sense. But it was still so enraging when like, uh, just like the things that he said to her and how he acted. And it was just like, by the way, I have this decree that says that you can't sit on the throne. And I loved Aelin's reaction to this. I loved how she was like, you're going to be, you're going to be sorry that you don't have me, here, that I'm not here. But you know what? Because you, just because you treated me badly, I'm still going to be here for Terrasan. If you call on me, I will be here no matter what. And I'm going to get an army full of thieves and assassins and criminals. And we're going to be the reason you survived this. And I, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. It's like the injustice of it all is so frustrating in that moment too, because you're like, how can you argue with her? Like she is the like true blood heir and all those sorts of things. And then it's like, well, you haven't done anything to help us. You haven't been here. We've been ruling just fine on our own. We're, we don't need you. And it's like, well, that's so awful because she's been trying so hard to like get back here and do all those things. And it's like, she obviously has made mistakes along the way. And you're right. Like she was a child and it's not like there was anything, there was so few things like in her control, but it was like, yeah, the like tension in that and like the injustice and all of it. And then you feel bad because like Murta is like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm really trying to you know, like, oh, sorry about this guy, you know? And then he's like, I like, I'll support you, but he doesn't have like as much pull as I think his name's Darrow, the other guy and all that. And it's like, oh, it's yeah. Just like the injustice of watching all of that kind of go down and being like, well, it wasn't going to be as easy as like all of us thought that she was just going to like walk back into Terrasan and everyone's like, congratulations, you're back. And it's not that like, it was actually the opposite of that. Um, I, I like Fleetfoot. I know, as a- it broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I like Fleetfoot as a character and Evangeline obviously are like, you know, we're cute side characters as they came in. And it's always a bummer, I think, when they sort of forget about them. So I appreciated that she sort of wrote a like happily ever after, like a happy ending for them and kind of wrote them in there. But it was like, I don't know, I feel so bad that like Fleetfoot was like, I feel like a huge part of the first two books. And then after that, it was like, oh yeah, just PPS. He lives on like a country farm and like, oh, now he's going to go live in like the mountains. Passing her on. Yeah. And it's so sad, but it's also like understandable at the same time. It's like, I mean, she's not going to take this dog to, you know, and it's, it's sad, but like, I love how, I love how she's like, you're going to stay with like, with Evangeline. She's like, you're going to stay with them and you're going to, you know, 
you're going to work your magic and charm them, you know, kind of a thing. And it was so great. And I also felt so bad for Lysandra because she's just like, obviously struggling with that, like having to leave basically her child with, you know, these men who are so hell bent on destroying Aelin and tearing her down. And it's just like, oh, it's so, oh, but yeah. And then obviously they, you know, hear what's happening with, um, with, Ritold and Rowan's like, all right, I'm a, I'm out. I'm going to go save Dorian. And so, yeah, it was, it was a very tense moment. And then obviously he saves Dorian and they're on their merry little way. <laughs> to what the the, uh, sorry. What did you think of the little folk and all of that kind of stuff and how they played a role in her? I love that. Yeah. I thought that was so cute. And like, what an interesting and like unique idea to having mm-hmm. like little, I don't know. I just imagine them as like little Um, tiny little fairies yeah like forest fairies yeah yeah and send her to the temple of brandon i i kind of understand where she's like cagey about things but this is where i don't like aelin as a character she's so cagey about everything like she's like oh well we're going here and they're like okay why and she's like because i said so and it's like you can tell aiden like i don't understand her lack of like communication with aiden and this is like this happened with the blood oath and all those sorts of things. So it's like also I just, with Rowan too. Yeah. Like Rowan doesn't know these things either. And it's like she doesn't tell like she I mean at the end you find out she tells Lysandra, obviously, but it's like why and I I think I understand why she doesn't tell them some of the things because obviously they're gonna stop her and she has all of these wheels in motion. Um, but it's still just like come on, like you have to have some sort of trust yeah. in your court. I feel like that too. And it was just like some of the things that I get when she doesn't tell her about, you know, the red desert assassins and like all those things. Cause like, she wasn't sure if they were going to come or not, but like, you're going to Brandon's because you think that it's the right thing to do. And like, you feel a connection to him, but you've never told them about how you could see, uh, what's her face's ghost and all that kind of stuff. Elena's ghost and things. And it's like, why don't you tell him those sorts of things? And like, he could maybe help you. I don't know. The, the lack of communication that comes from her end about things that are not like guarded secrets got like trivial things that are not yeah, yeah it just got a little annoying after a while it was like even if, so you know they go to brandon's temple and kind of figure out a couple of things she gets to talk to brandon again and he's like you're the one of my line um i think she finds out a little bit more about the mark on her head and who she is and all that kind of stuff and then essentially the essence of erwin comes in the form of the master from end of year and like Sarah does a really good job of writing like mental health. I've said that before, but this part where she talks about her like crippling fear and all the things that she's feeling and, and like fighting this and trying to fight this like demon guy. And they're realizing like a lot of hope is lost because of the experiments that they've done and those kinds of things. But it's like, wow, you just really feel like all the emotion and the fear from her about, I don't know, just like how awful it was when she was an end of year and like all that kind of stuff. That was such well, a powerful scene. It was that coupled with, you know, she says it's the end of the chapter and she's like, I just can't shake, she, like, she just can't shake the feeling that Erwin let her win. And, and he wants her to know that he has the capability to like change the tide no matter what. And it was so just like, again, it was like two or three, like, like back to back to back to back in the beginning of this book is so like brutal for all these characters. You know, Aelin loses her loses her kingdom basically to some greedy duke or whatever he is the lord like she has to basically dip out dorian loses his entire kingdom everything because the witches come in and destroy it um and then we get to manon and her 
this scene was so intense. You know, she killed the yellow wedding reading. This. Oh my gosh. Sweating. I was, I was panicking. I'm not going to lie. She like, she kills this yellow legs foot soldier basically. And, um, the yellow legs heir wants justice. And she's like, she killed her in cold blood and da, 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 da. And I, this kind of goes back to Manon understanding, knowing that language of the witches that they're going to understand that they're going to respect, you know, she's like, this was my kill. I was, I was told I would have this kill. I would kill Dorian, da, 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 da. And then she stepped in and went back down and that's why he got away. And so, you know, it was so, and, but she killed like four or no, she didn't kill four, but Rowan came in and killed like four. And so there were five total that died as far as yellow legs. And so obviously the heir is like, she needs to pay for it and on and on and on. And there's this whole like trial basically like witch trial that goes on and it was and she talks about she's like this isn't a trial this is an execution and it was so brutal and I was like is I liked that they brought Petra back in and like had that chat with her though and that she got to come in I wish that there was a little bit more of a conversation with her but I I liked that because I think as we go further on into Kingdom of Ash and all that kind of stuff that this will bring in how the Iron Teeth maybe aren't as brutal as they like come like claim to be I think it's really the yellow legs that are the worst of the worst yeah I agree I agree and so she comes in and kind of steps up for her and in you know regarding what happened to Keely Petra <laughs> Keely R.I.P. Oh, it makes me so sad every time I think of her and so you know it, they're like okay you know we've made a decision you know we're not going to kill you but there has to be some kind of penance for what happened so we're killing your second so I was just like oh Oh, I was just like, no, I was, I was not okay. Yeah. This is a book of injustices. This is like many injustice. I don't know what the like plurals, I'm sure the plural is just injustice, but there was so much like injustice in this. And you're like, you root so hard for these characters. And then these things happen. And it's like, I know that it's going to turn out well because they're the main characters, but like, it feels so impossible. And Sarah will do that. Like she will make things happen that don't end well. And so you're like, yeah, you're like on edge and you're like, there's no way like she's going to make it out of this. And that confrontation, I mean, it happens, I think a little bit further on in the book. There's a couple of things that happen in between, but their like confrontation and her with her grandmother is wild. It's brutal. Like, and so she tells her she has to kill Astrid and she's, oh, it's like she so kill brutal because that, yeah. and the her end cousin. Of this, yeah. And the end of this chapter is like, what? I don't know if you remember the end of the chapter, but you know, yeah. they get on the, cl- they're like on the cliff. Everybody's watching. She's like having a chat with her grandmother and then all her 13 are there and they do the thing where they like essentially are saying Manon is the queen. And, yeah. you know, make reference to her being like the queen of all the witches. And, Ooh. and so, you so know, you get this moment, she comes up and she's like talking about how she had sharpened her, her blade before and how she was, she was going to do the, she was going to honor Astrid by being the one to kill her and, and saying, not, like, you know, not letting them all like beat her essentially. Yeah. Right? Cause they all get basically. to like whip the fire out of her. I don't about know if you've ever the- seen the hundred. Have you ever seen the hundred? No there's a part in there that's kind of similar to this where like her Clark is the main character, but her love interest goes crazy and accidentally kills a bunch of people. Like excellent, but like kills a bunch of people that he thinks are like the enemy or whatever. And they're like in penance for that. Like we're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And they say the same thing. They're going to like line him up and torture him. And she's like, can I say goodbye? And she says goodbye and stabs him and like, kills him. 
spoiler for the hundred. She kills him so that he doesn't have to like go through all this torture. And I thought that was what was going to happen. I was like, this feels exactly like the hundred. Like, yeah, they're like brutal people that he killed were like these, you know, whatever. And she goes and like, save, like saves him from all this torture. And I was like, this is what's going to happen. Like Astrid's going to die. I was like, I was not okay. (laughs) I was not okay. And I'm like, after everything that she's been through, this is how she like goes out. And I love how she talks about Astrid was like, not afraid. And Astrid was just like, okay, like, let's do this, you know? And she, she understood that what Manon was doing was an honor and it wasn't out of, it was out of respect and not, um, you know, and so it was just so great. And then you're sitting there and you're, I'm just like death grip on the book. I'm like, what is going to happen? And so, you know, she's sitting there, I'm like, she's not going to kill her. Like, please don't kill her. Like, I was just, I didn't, I honestly was like, I don't, I don't know what Manon's going to do because you're so, she's so back and forth her entire, you know, the entire time you've read about her. And then Manon like attacks her grandma. She's like, run. And then attacks her grandma. And I was like. And that was the end of the, the chapter, the end of the chapter. And you know, it switches to another POV. It's not like Manon. And it's like, she brings the sword down on her grandmother. And you were like, <gasps> like, I remember gasping when I read that, like, no way. It was good. It was so good. So good. And then we kind of switch back so to like Aelin and them. And then sorry, I guess we forgot to mention this, but they get to the temple and Brandon tells them there's a lock. And this part kind of annoyed me. I was like, oh, okay. Of course there's a lock. Like, here we go on another adventure. You know what I mean? It was just like off on an adventure. Here we go. Like one more thing. And I get it. Cause there's so many books left, but that one just felt like a little irritating to me. I was like, I hate the cryptic messages from these like ghostly figures who lied. They're liars. Like, and oh, we yeah. found that out in the beginning that yeah. of this one essentially is that they're liars in the end that they didn't actually kill Erwin. They just put him to sleep with like a, a, a ward lock. And then they send them off and we're like headed to Skulls Bay. And I was so thrilled to like come here. And I knew this was going to be epic. And I just love the setting of Skulls Bay. And I love Captain Rolf and oh, all of that I stuff. Love, love Captain. I love how it went because um, Dorian and Rowan get there first. So they arrive and they're like trying to find places to stay. And of course it directs them to Rolf's like HQ basically so they go in there and they meet with Rolf so he they run into Lorcan's old cadre so you've got Gavriel and Fenris and it's kind of awkward they're like why are you here because he doesn't I was gonna ask you when they start at the beginning and Dorian and um Aiden get or sorry Dorian and Rowan get there and they're like do you feel that and they're like yeah I feel that and it's like do you hear that who did you think it was gonna be did you think it was gonna be them the cadre? Or I didn't think it was going to be the cadre. I thought it was going to be someone else. Like I thought it was going to be made. I thought it was going to be, yeah, or something like, like some powerful, you know, something like that. But I didn't expect it to be the cadre. That was like well played out and interesting. Yeah. The way that she like played that in there. And yeah. it's like, you're, it didn't, you didn't know if it was gonna be like an enemy or a friend, but I, yeah. I really liked the way that she wrote that in and like, yeah, kind of made this all like very mysterious and edgy. Yeah, I really like that. And I liked how he's like, Who are you here for? And he's like, We're here to kill Lorcan. And I was like, Yep, there's there it is. And so you're like, oh, this is gonna be brutal. And so, you know, because obviously Lorcan in a roundabout way went against Maeve's wishes and everything like that. And so it's kind of sad because you're like, Oh, well, Lorcan's gonna die. And so it's like really weird. And then um, you know, they have this weird confrontation and then they 
do they talk to they talk to Rolf, right? I can't remember how this confrontation yeah, goes. Yeah, so they Rolf. like go into his um into the bar and then they're like, we want a conversation with him, and they go upstairs and kind of like have a chat. And then he's like, Who are you? Oh, you must be like so and so. And then, you know, whatever. They like, he's like, I'm the king of Riffold. He's like, you're Ardalan, and he's like, not anymore. <laughs> and they try to like sway him to the side before they get there. And Ralph's like, I'm not gonna help you guys, I'm a pirate really he's a pirate not even a pirate yeah. like privateer he's a pirate and he's like i'm still trying to keep hold of like whatever's going on over here in this corner of the world and like all the shady things that are happening on these like cluster of islands over yonder and yeah they, yeah they i love like how... fizzles out from there it's also great how you know that rolf has no idea who aelin is i like, loved that i i was dying I love it. And I'm like, I am so ready for this confrontation. I was so excited, but you know, they're, they're basically hanging out on this Island waiting to, you know, talk to him again. They're kind of, they kind of hang out with, um, with Fenris and Gabriel and it's this whole thing. And I think he mentions, no, he doesn't mention Aiden to, to Gabriel yet. Does he, he doesn't know about Gabriel until he like sees him. And so, you know, they're basically doing all these things and Aiden and Lysandra and Aelin arrive. And I love such an epic scene. This scene was so great. And I love how she was so like sneaky about it. And like Rowan had no idea she was there. And she's like, saying, no, like this kind of stuff. I had to cover my tracks all day. And I was like, that's kind of great though. But like, also at the same time, it's like, Oh, that's, but I like that when they get there, she's in the exact spot she was when they met in Assassin's Blade. She's like sitting at his desk with a cloak over her head with her feet on his table. And I was like, this is so good. And their competition. I and I, I don't know. I thought that Ralph was going to be, or Rolf, I don't know, was going to be a little bit harder of a person to like sway to her side than he was. But also I felt like he, I felt like he wasn't ambitious enough for me as he was in the first one, like as he was in Assassin's Blade. Because he's yeah. like, I'm, he's like, I don't want to be a part of this war and all that stuff. And she's like, but I'm promising you like riches and glory and all that. And he was willing to do like terrible things, like sell slaves for riches and glory. And so it's like, I don't know, I get that he didn't want to send his ships out, but he wasn't, I wanted him to be a little bit more ambitious in the fact that like he was going to either pick a side and was not going to be like, I'm just going to be over here neutral. Like he's smarter than that to know that they wouldn't just come for him eventually. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and all I them. also think it was also the sway of who he truly is. Like, his actual ancestry and I was that's true I, I not, liked that I'm not gonna lie I was kind of shook it I was like oh okay wasn't expecting that like I wasn't expecting Rolf to be that the head of, of like a race essentially yeah basically and I was like, <laughs> okay like it was cool but I really like that and I but I love how she's so it's funny because Rowan and Dorian it's so funny because Dorian's like it's kind of a Dorian's point of view because you he's like you can see the look that goes between Rowan and and Aelin and he's like and I had to look away because I was slightly embarrassed at like the like lust in his look and how like eh, and I was just like okay but anyways you know it's so funny because Rowan didn't know she was there and he's like it was so crazy because she in this moment she's playing Selena she's not playing Aelin she's not Aelin she's Selena and it's like this character that Rolf is it knows you know and so she's like I love how she's like let me introduce you to Aelin and then Lysandra walks in as Aelin and it was so great she's like 
that was such a great joke. And you guys just didn't even take it. It was so funny. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I get where she was coming with the element of surprise, but it's like, that would have, I feel like it would have gone over so much better if they were in on the joke. You know what I mean? Like Rowan would have just taken it so much better. And like, poor Dorian has been through so much. And then she's like, I'm not going to include you in any of my plans. And I was like, man, come on. Oh, I don't know. I love that scene. It was, it's so good. And it's hilarious. And you know, you're, this is another one of those ones that feels very injustice-esque where it's like, how are we going to get him to our side? Like, how are we going to persuade him? How long are they going to have to be in this town? Like having these conversations and all this stuff. And it was good. I really like the way this was set up. Um, and then we kind of switched back to like, um, a, a lead, a lead in Lorcan and they fought off these curmudgeon flying creatures, Vogel, God only knows what. Volcra creatures that can, I, I, I just continue to, I just continue to like picture Volcra that can talk like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think them as like the skinwalkers, but with wings. Oh and yeah. I think this is a little bit further on into the book, but her and uh, Lorcan decide to like pair up and said that they're going to head over to the coast and she's going to go north to Terrace and he's going to go south to um, try and find the rest of these ward keys and get where they're going to go. And you see how clever she is and all of that. But I love when they get to the bridge crossing and she's like okay we're gonna go into this tavern and he's like what are we doing and she's like just wait and see and then she's like pps you're my husband and he's like husband and she's like husband and like that part was so funny because it's like she's so smart and clever where she's like if i if you say my brother that means i'm like still up for grabs and all this stuff and i was like wow she's so smart and like the way that her character is made and and, and he's just, such an intimidating he's yeah such an in- intimidating force so no one's gonna mess with her like even like if it was like a smaller dude people then she says that she's like you're so intimidating no one's gonna mess with you if I'm your wife like or me you know what I mean and so she's I love just she's so smart I love her I love her so much realize I'm on mute uh I do too and I loved her like I just love the the banter between her and these carnival workers and how she you know kind of gets in there and she's so sneaky about all of it and it's like oh yeah, I was a gypsy and like he throws knives and, and I love how like subtly their kind of friends to lovers comes about and all the things he does for her and like how sweet he is. And then it's so, I don't know, like refreshing is the wrong word, but it's, it's interesting to see these like Faye who were unbreakable in their dedication to to Maeve, 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 then to turn around and be like, wait, there are other like people in this world that like want to do good. And there are people that like I can care about. And then on top of that, like in turn love later on, you know, but even so when they're there and he's like, you're filthy, let me like clean your clothes for you. And like, you can take a bath and I'll like stand guard and all that stuff was just like, oh, so sweet. I think he's still like, I don't know how he's a little bit of a cardboard cut out of a human, but I, I liked his progress. He's sweet. This. He's yeah. very sweet, at least to a lead. Like he's really sweet with a lead. And it's just, I picture this like massive mountain of man and like, he like a bit of lead. Like, I just like, it's so cute. And I love it. And I love, I love how she's like reading fortunes and and everything and she gets bored. And so she like steps out and he's like throwing knives and he's just like super bored, but he's all like oiled up and like, he's got his shirt off and everything. And she's just like drooling as well as every other woman in the audience. And he's just like bored out of his mind and just like over it all. And she's just like, he's so hot. Like, and then he's just like sees her and she just like runs away. Cause I mean, same, like. I'm just like it was so funny I love I love I love that and it was so it was just funny because he's just like bored and then he like ends it because he wants to like talk to her and he's like figuring out that he's like 
likes her, but like doesn't because he's so just like he's so up like he's so up Maeve's butt that it just like he doesn't know how to actually like like someone other than Maeve and it's so gross like his like whole infatuation with Maeve pisses me off to no end yeah but it's so weird it's like I get unending dedication and all that kind of stuff but that I'm glad that she didn't bring it up a ton in this book but in the in um Queen of Shadows it's like ew that's so uncomfortable you're like in love with her but she doesn't love you and she like you've like thrown yourself at her for like thousands of years and she's like nope that's fine and I was like oh and that's that's, I'm glad this was like a slow burn over this but that's just how like manipulative she is that just again shows how manipulative because she knows she knows what he wants and she knows like that he would do anything for her and he's just like begging to get close to her and she just like keeps him on his little leash and you know and it's just awful I she gets worse but yeah, I, I liked that this was a slow burn too for the two of them, that it wasn't just like, oh, I kind of think this girl's interesting and all that stuff. And they really don't get to the like lovers part until the last like 50 pages, I, which I really liked. And I, I like appreciated that because, you know, you, you still think throughout this and so does Elite that he doesn't even care about her or like, is it going to do anything for her and all that stuff. So I really liked their kind of progression and that it was like a nice slow burn, not quite as slow as Rowan and Aelin, but slow yeah oh my god okay sjm is the queen of slow burn like i'm just gonna throw that out there it is man like it's just world building 20 percent world building 60 percent slow burn 20 percent chaos every yeah like it's just like brutal man and but you know you get through all this carnival stuff with elite and lorkin and it's it's very interesting though you know everything that goes on with them and then you go back to Manon's perspective and you're, I was like flipping. I was like, when, when is her perspective coming up again? Cause I was like, obviously like waiting on edge as to what was going to happen. And so she strikes, tries to strike down her grandma. Well, she like gets her, but she kind of misses. And then her grandma's like, let's do this. Like she like, like rusted. It's not like Wolverine. Yeah. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, like rusted teeth and like rusted nails and I'm like Ooh, like I just picture this old nasty like I know she doesn't look like an old like crone but she just like that's what I picture in my mind is this like cagey swift angry old woman with like rusted nails and teeth like because I ugh. anyways and so she's like fight me like a woman like she just like straight up just freaks out and obviously and is angry and then she like this whole fight was brutal, man. I was shooketh. I was not expecting this. So she comes up to Manon and tells her that she's like, by the way, you're half Croatian and you're, you killed your half sister and you're the heir to the throne and you're, you were supposed to bring peace and your mother wanted peace. And oh, I killed her and I killed your dad and I'm going to kill you're, you. You were supposed to be a child of peace, but I made you a child of war. And she was like, you've, She's like, you know what the ironic thing is? You've always been a witch killer. You've, uh, you killed your, the girl that you killed and, uh, you know, that your cloak that you're wearing. Oh, by the way, that was your half sister. And I had you murder your half sister. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, just brutal. And it's so brutal. And it's like, I don't know. I, I felt like bad for her, but also she kind of says it in when she goes to kill her that like, that she was like injured beyond repair and stuff like yeah. that. And so it's like, I think she kind of makes peace with herself in that moment and says like, yeah. she killed her, but she knows that like, she was the same as Astrid like doing her a service and like, yeah. you know, giving her peace and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, I was yeah. not, I wasn't expecting that at all. I did not see that coming. No, I was 
not expecting that at all. And I was so like, wow. That was, that was brutal. And then obviously, you know, she's getting all this information, but she's also making sure that her 13 are gone. Like she's like, okay, the 13 are gone. She's like distracting her grandma basically. Mm-hmm. And then her grandma or her grand, whatever her grandmother realized, I don't want to call her grandma because grandma sounds too nice for grandmother. But like head witch. Yeah. She like realizes the 13 are gone and she's like, hunt them down. You know, she's like, hunt them down and you're going to see your, your precious 13 be destroyed. And then the nod's like, peace and just rolls off the freaking but her grandmother like slices her abdomen open and I thought Manon yeah. was gonna die I, I really do I was like this is that not was okay brutal. she like jumps and she off just, like, and what's his face tumbles off the hill or yeah. off the cliff face and then Abraxas like catches her and off they fly and she's like find somewhere all she says is find somewhere safe and then it's just like oh and then you don't hear from Anon for a really long time. Like, yeah. I, you know, you have like one, like it was, a, it was very reminiscent. Like this, this portion of the book from Manon's perspective was very reminiscent of Dorian's perspective in Queen of Shadows yep. because it's very like snippets, like in and out, um, trying, like she's in pain. One um, or two page chapters of her like yeah. doing a couple of things and then passing out again. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought yeah. she was going to die. I did too. I was, I was not okay. Yeah. And I like, I love her relationship with Abraxas and like how that they, you know, portrayed all of that and how she eventually ends up with, you know, the original three and all that kind of stuff. And then we sort of switch back to Skulls Bay. We're trying to get Rolf on our side. Then she, Aelin, like a big idiot. I don't know. This part kind of bothered me. It's like sends out a trickle of power and it attracts whatever is in the Arpiculos in the like lower lesser islands. Um, Yeah sense of their way and I was like this is such a spoiled brat like moment where it's like I understand what you're doing but first of all again you were really cagey about it you didn't tell any of your like inner circle and second of all you didn't know what this was going to bring and like you just hoped that you were powerful enough and then you got into the situation and like you weren't you know and it's like well she was but she lost control yeah but like she wasn't because they had those like creatures that were in the bay that Lysandra had to kill and stuff like that it's like yeah we're so unprepared for like what was going to happen and yeah it was just like the sea wyvern it was like I don't know I I don't like Aelin I don't like her as a character I think she's I don't know I just don't like her I think she's a spoiled brat she's too cagey when these things and it's just like I understand you're trying to do what's best for your kingdom and you're going to do anything and everything for it but like these this like your lack court, of communication. Yeah. It's like you, you always talk about how you respect your court and you love them and you wouldn't be where you are without them and all these things, but you don't respect them enough to include them on these things that are, that could kill them. Like life or like, death. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so, not like a 50, 50 either. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I didn't tell you about these. Cause like, I didn't know what was going to happen. It's like you, like you did know what was going to happen. You just chose not to tell them. And that's like ridiculous. I don't know. I, I thought it was really her, her relationship with Lysandra, you can obviously see it developing, but you don't really find out until the end how close they were. And I like that. And I like appreciate that Lysandra is like her confidant, but it's kind of annoying that, that she like builds Rowan up and she's like, Rowan's my mate. And he's like everything to me. And I love him so much, but like, I'm not going to tell him war strategy. And he's literally a warrior. That's like thousands of years older than me. Yeah. And, and it was like, been in many, many wars. yeah, I don't and it's know. Like, 
I don't know. It's yeah. And the so, theatrics were set up really well where, you know, and they go into battle and Lysandra turns into a sea dragon and it unites or like it re-sparks the fire in the sea dragon people, um, yeah. Ralph's people and all that stuff. And she goes out and fights the sea wyvern and you're like, oh no, this isn't going to go well. And like, what did you think about, her? okay, kind of stepping back. What did you think about Aelin being possessed? Basically. That was so weird. So it's like, I thought that was really strange because they don't really build it up to be like an inkling that this is what was going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, I understand her like wanting to get free and all that stuff. Cause she's kind of stuck it was in like, Deanna. Deanna. Oh yeah. Right. The goddess of the hunt. So her like great, yeah. great grandmother or whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just feel like it wasn't really set up that this is what was going to happen. And then it's like the turmoil that like Aelin has to go through afterwards just felt like a little unnecessary to me. It's yeah. like, you know, that she's one of those people that's like self-sacrificing. She doesn't want to hurt anybody. And it's like, she did everything she could to like, you know, aim it towards nothingness or, and, you know, yeah. the boat and all that stuff. But it was like, I don't know if that was necessary for her to like go through that turmoil and like that Diana, was, did, like, I don't think it gonna added town. Yeah. I don't think it added anything. I don't I know. Agree. It was just, I think it was part of the, the queen who was promised situation. Um, I, you know, and it's, I don't know. It was, I thought it was very smart of Rowan to like, jump not smart but you know she can't you know when it comes to mates like one can't hurt the other like you can't like you physically cannot hurt your mate and so it was very I think it was smart for him to to realize that in that moment like jump in front of her and then save basically Skulls Bay because she was like literally gonna light it on fire yeah I just didn't understand that it was like why did I don't know I I get it but also it was like unnecessary yeah, and then it like drains her of her power. She destroys the boat they're on, and it's like Aiden's like on shore. Like, what is going on? Like, I feel like that's him the entire book. Aiden is just like the Screaming entire book. Aiden is just like, what is going on? This is Aiden the entire the entire entire book, and so you know, what is going on with his dad? What is going on with Aelin? What is going on with Lysandra? Like, he has no idea. No idea. The entire book. Like, clueless. Poor Aiden. It makes me so sad for him. Yeah, and I I was just like, I don't know. It felt, like, really dramatic to me. This felt like a really impossible situation. This was a book of many, like, battle scenes, which I kind of get it because that's, Throne of Glass is, like, a lot of action with a little bit of romance. But that was just so strange to me. It was like, what was the point of that? So we could show off that Lysandra was, like, a, a really good sea dragon and that was like so dramatic. And I, I mean, I love the way that scene was set up. I think it was, it was amazing. And, you know, you knew that Aiden was going to help with the harpoon and all that kind of stuff. And I think that was really well played out. And I loved that they made Lysander so powerful and like, she got to be the sea dragon for a long time and all that stuff. But it was just like, what? I don't know. I just felt like they could have also, they could have like, Diana could have destroyed a bunch of the ships and then they still could have been fighting the sea dragons. And it could have not been all this like, and, and they could have drained Aelin of her power and all that, but they didn't, I don't understand the point of like aiming it at Skulls Bay and then turning it into this, like, we destroyed the ship thing. And now we're like going to get eaten by a shark and a wyvern. Yeah, right? it was, it was strange. I mean, I felt like poor Lysandra, I mean, took all this on on herself, literally. And then you're like, okay, she's killed all three of these sea wyverns. Go Lysandra. And then the parents appear. And I was like, can we not give Lysandra a break? Like she's got like this poor girl, <laughs> you know, obviously they go through and, and Aiden like shoots this harpoon and like kills this last sea dragon and everything like your sea wyvern. Sorry. And, you know, 
she ends up coming up to shore and Aiden's there with her. And he's like, she's been in this body so long that she, she had to go into like, basically allow the animals like instincts and everything to take over for her to survive. And so she's still in that like animal mindset. She's not of her own mind. So he's like sitting on the beach with her and she's like growling at him. Cause he's like trying to go up there and like help her. She's like pissed off and hurt obviously. And so, and he stays with her there until she's strong enough to like change back. And he's like, makes these promises. And he's like, I'm going to marry you one day, Lysandra. Like, I'm going to marry you. I love you. Like all these things. And he's just trying to, but he actually feels, but he's also trying to get her to like come back to her human consciousness basically is what it is. And so, um, I just, I love that him staying there. And then obviously like Gabriel being a creeper, (laughs) just like protecting, like he's guarding them obviously, but he's also like, he's, he's really struggling because he, he knows obviously who Aiden is and he's, um, yeah, he just doesn't, what did you think? Okay. We're going to talk about that. What did you think about Gabriel and Aiden in their whole situation? Aiden is such a weird character for me in this one. I understood his like love for Lysandra and stuff. And obviously like she has an attraction to him. And I, I just was like confused as to, how that was going to like play out and then for for them to are they like are they actually gonna like you know end up together and all that kind of stuff because she he's like can you come with me to meet my dad and I was like this is so like intimate and awkward and it's like you guys are really good friends but you're not really good friends like you're a little bit more than friends and so I thought that was like really strange like really strangely played out and then he goes and he's like can you come with me because I want to talk to my dad and he goes and talks to his dad just like screams at him and leaves and I was like, you made it sound like Lysander was going to be the one to be like, okay, hey, like chill out. Let's like have a conversation and like chat with him. And then it's like, I hated you and I'll always hate you. Bye. And they like walk out. And I was like, I thought that this was going to be like more something than it was. And their relationship was like so strained and weird. And it's like, I kind of understand where he was coming from as far as like being upset. But like Gideon didn't know Gabriel, whatever his name is. Why do I call him Gideon? <laughs> Gabriel, Gabriel didn't know that like he had a son. Like he just found yeah. out. And it's like, how can you be mad at him when he didn't know? And he didn't have a choice to like leave, you know, Aiden's mom, like Maeve called him back. Like he, he made a mistake in the blood oath, but like, he didn't have a choice to like leave her. So I didn't really understand Aiden's like frustration and his father and like his treatment of him, I think. Yeah. What did you think? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think I, I can't, I understand where he's coming from and the fact that he obviously Gabriel didn't have a choice. And I think Aiden realizes that, but at the same time, he's so grief stricken about how his mother was treated and how she died and everything like that. And basically everyone treated her like crap because, you know, she had a child out of wedlock basically and wouldn't tell anyone who the dad was when, you know, it was all this like stuff. And she took all of this pain and everything and you know, did everything she could to protect him and everything like that. And she, she, I think it's also a little bit of anger with her because she knew who he was and she knew she did it all to protect Aiden. And I think Aiden feels a little guilty also. So he's dealing with those feelings. Um, but yeah, I, I understand where you come from where it's like, Gabriel didn't really have a choice. Like Gabriel had like, had taken the blood oath, couldn't like, he did it to protect her and like left to protect her and was called back and everything like that. And so it's like, 
I don't know. I, yeah, it, it was. And I think Aiden's realizing that, but at the same time, he's having a very hard time accepting that obviously, because he, I think he also feels some guilt as well yeah. because of what was, like his mom went through. Yeah. But it was like, he was just so mean to him. And then he like kind of drug Lysander into it and is like, yeah. okay, so are they going to be like a little bit more of a couple esque? And they were, you know, throughout. And I think the relationship was built really well, but it, it just felt like I like brought my girlfriend here so she could defend me at, and like being, a dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like, okay, yeah. that was really weird and like really intimate with them. And then they go to meet, Ga- you know, Gabriel and it's like, I'm just going to yell at you and leave. So like, I thought that could have gone yeah. a little bit better and like been a little more in depth. And yeah, I think it's just his like guilt and how he feels about what happened to his mom and stuff. But I don't know. I, I liked their, yeah. I-, I liked the two of them. So I wish that they had had a better relationship. Like I didn't expect them to be like buddy, buddy straight away, but he was so mean to his dad. And I was like, yeah chill yeah he was he was pretty mean (laughs) yeah did you expect that the cadre was going to kind of link up with Aelin and help them on their quest to find the lock and all that stuff because I was not anticipating them doing that I wasn't yeah I was not well I don't know I think I wasn't shocked by it because they knew that Lorcan was looking for the word keys so obviously like if you're looking for the word keys in the lock Lorcan's probably going to show up so they're going to find him, you know, with her. So that makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead. How did you feel about this weird, creepy marsh place that they had to travel to? So I was like, Kirsten's probably living for this. I just didn't expect them to be like, so involved and being like, we'll, we'll like help you help you. I thought they were just going to like, I don't know. We'll see when we get there type of situation. But uh, this felt very Lord of the Rings, the return of the King to me, hundred percent. And I was like, Kirsten is dying. I know she is. I know she's like loving this setting. So that's exactly what it felt like. You know, when Sam and them are going through the marsh and um, Frodo like falls in the water and there's like bodies and stuff. That's exactly how it felt to me. And it was set up so creepy and so weird. And you're like, you like feel uncomfortable reading it. And it's like, you just want to get out of that place. And I thought that there was going to be nothing in the chest. I thought they were going to go there and there was going to be absolutely nothing and it was all gonna be a big waste of time which it kind of was but I definitely I did you know it was the amulet the whole time I did I had a feeling it was the amulet of orphan whatever that was the yeah key I was like there's no way I felt that that had more to play because it's been in it's literally been in the story since day one like first first book and so I had a feeling that was going to be more than just like a protection thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I also, <laughs> I will say I do love the idea of like Lorcan hauling ass with like a lead over his shoulder. Yeah, that seems <laughs> right. so funny. So I, I liked that, that we did get a, you know, a little bit of a, like an enemy celebrity moment here. And, you know, he finally breaks down his barriers and is like, and you can see it that he's like, okay, maybe Maeve isn't all, you know, the be all end all. And there are people that I can care about. And he really does like her. And I, I, I just loved that moment where it's like, they're in this terrifying place and she's trying to, and she's afraid. And he's like, I will protect you. I told you I was going to protect you. And I'm going to protect you by making out with you. Um, but I was like, uh, I was, we're so here for, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I was like cracking up. So they're like running across whatever, I guess we didn't really mention this, but Abraxas ends up on their boat on their way over here. And uh, yeah. the Manon pairing, I thought this was so great. I love Manon and Aelin as like entities and main characters and the mashup yes. of them two working together and, you know, discovering the mirror and all that kind of stuff. 
was like so good. And I understand the hesitation, but I think it was the perfect amount of hesitation for her. Like that she, that they thought she was going to, you know, turn her back on them. They were worried about her, her and Dorian's relationship developing him saying like, Oh, she needs air and space and all that. And yeah, that was just hot. I love Dorian. Dorian really comes into his own in this one, but I I really thought that was, that was not a slow burn in Dorian and Manon is just chef's kiss. And I, it broke my heart when he's like, she's like, I'm not what it, she said. I'm not soft or something like that. And he's like, that's good. He's like, human women are too breakable or something like that. And I was just like, oh, Sorcha. Like, it was just like so sad. And I was I like just that like, Manon is like oh. wait, what? <laughs> she's like, has he gone through real trauma? What's going on here? And I feel like it was that like that sound bite that's like, am I attracted to this? Am I attracted to it? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how I felt when she was there. She was like, wait, has he gone through something really traumatic? Am I attracted to him? Do I, I also love like how him? he was so just like, I mean, he, their relationship and their, their banter and their talk was just like, oh man, it was just like, it's getting hot in here, man. Like every time, I don't know what it is, but it was, yeah, it was intense. And so I, yeah, I love that. Okay. I'm just going to go back. We're going to. We have to mention this scene because we didn't mention it earlier. The whole Rowan and <laughs> Aelin on the beach situation. Okay, let's just throw this out there. This does not sound fun in any way, shape, or form. Anything also, on the beach, disgusting. Yeah. Like sand everywhere. everywhere. Gross. Like you can sit on a beach in a chair and still get sand like in every crevice and just be uncomfortable. So I was really upset that this was the same place that her and Sam kind of became friends yeah. in the first place. I was like, okay, yeah. that wasn't, yeah. I don't know. That one like hurt me a little bit. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, maybe not, but no. also it's just like waves crashing. Okay. And I, so it's, I was reading it and I was like, interesting, interesting. And then you get to the point, just like velvet wrap steel. And I was like, I wasn't expecting it to be this series. I thought it was Akatar, but that because that's like she says it in Akasif. So okay, so it's does. in multiple series. So she says, no, I don't know if she says it in Akatar, like in the four, but she says it in Akasif. And interesting, which is just poor. So she says it in both. Like yeah. she says it in Her both. Of them. Is, that's what I'm saying. So side note, side tangent. This will be like some spoilers for Akatar in general. The storylines are not the same, but like the elements of the Fae are the same. The mates thing um, and like the magic system and all that kind of stuff, it's it's all the same. Like they're all, they're all kind of similar. Whereas, but like in, and the like the mating bond and everything like that, and Akatar, they can like speak down the mating bond. I was reading this and I, I kind of like internally rolled my eyes that I was like, oh, here we go. The mating bond and like mates and you guys can like talk down the line and like all these things. So I, I don't know if that was like overplayed because I've read Akatar and I didn't realize that it was so similar. Like I didn't realize it was the exact same like rules essentially for the Fae because it's not like that in Crescent City. So I was like, oh, maybe it's not the same, but it was. Interesting. So, okay. So it is that. an Akasif too. So, cause I thought it was just like the Akatar like realm that that was like what was mentioned, like that whole, also why would you? why like really velvet wrap steel is there no other way you can describe really anyways and so I was just like I, 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 I read that and I was like Ugh. and I just stopped and closed it was like oh that's 
cringy and I didn't want to read anymore because I was like this is gross like, well, I was, that it was like, like at the same time our powers are just going crazy like lighting palm trees on fire I was like I saw this meme, so and it was the best thing ever and it was like Aiden and Lysandra and Gabriel were like in town or whatever and Aiden's like look at that fire and ice cyclone oh no that's where that's where Aiden and Rowan went to we should go save them and Gabriel and Lysandra are like no you don't you don't want to go over there <laughs> like it's just like oh I, I just so cringy yeah, I also like it, me I can't get over like on the beach like on the beach in the sand waves crashing on you this sand is everywhere gross. it's so gross like yeah. like you can't find a bed like that's more comfortable than or like in the ocean like be all the way in it like be yeah. all the way in the ocean but like on yeah. this on the beach was like with like sand going up in all the bad places like all the most uncomfortable places like all I think about is like she's gonna take like 10 showers to put sand out everywhere seaweed flopping up around you stop it (laughs) like that just doesn't sound I agree like this scene like like, we're all here for a good smut scene like do not like I have no shame in that like neither of us do we're like we're we're here for the smut but this was not was not it for me I was like really on a beach like I don't know maybe it's just I don't like the beach and I don't like sand and that just sounds terrible to me but like it's just it's so romanticized and like there's so many things in here where it's like okay they talk about Elaine getting her period and they talk about that in Throne of Glass and all these things and you know they say stuff like that and like they talk about like having to eat food and doing all that kind of stuff in these books so it's like she doesn't romanticize the like day-to-day life things that actually happen in the book. So it was just a little like cringy, I think, for her to romanticize something like that on the beach. You know what I mean? Like, I, we get it. It's a fantasy book. But like, you also talked about how Elaine needed to like stop for tampons. So let's not act like we're not trying to like be realistic about what's going on here. And that's not realistic. Yeah. And if it is. No, that is not realistic in it. If it is, I'm, I feel really sorry for your butt because that thing is, like, just chafed from all the sand. Like, so terrible. Like, why? Why would you do that? Like, I just, for me, that is literally, like, I, it's always, it is because it makes me, it's it just, like, I don't, like, I like the beach. I like being on the beach and, like, reading and everything like that. But the sand getting everywhere is not my favorite thing in the world. And so you romance like I hate it when people romanticize like having sex on the beach and it's like that doesn't sound fun and it's like shower sex the uh, same fucking thing like I was gonna say like anywhere that's like awkward that is like romanticizing these movies you're like are you serious you're serious not real not accurate and from blood and ash yeah like in the shower the snow and the shower and all these things and I'm like really like can we not like do this like I don't know and then the pregnancy scare did you what were your thoughts on that did you think she was pregnant that pissed me off that annoyed me I was like did you know that I was like rolling my eyes you were like touching I was probably having a conniption right yeah and I'm like seriously (laughs) I was just like end of the end 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 of the series that's the only time it's acceptable for me like that's the only time it's acceptable is like the very last paragraph and they're like oh they found out I had a baby like if you read any of Julia Quinn's like Bridgerton novels that's what it is like the last page is always like they find out they're pregnant like that's always what it is which is fine but I don't I I was like really are we gonna have to read an entire book of her like finding out like fighting with the child and like having it like I was just like this is 
uh, I was just like, really? And the fact, okay. I was really rolling my eyes about that, I'm not gonna lie. Also, it's like, okay, first of all, like, wouldn't Rowan sense that? You would feel like Rowan would actually sense, like, if there was some sort of, like, I don't know, life growing. But couldn't sense the mating bond, so I don't know, who knows. I, I thought it was just so a dramatic. Fucking oblivious man. I mean, yeah, it's our bad for being like who we are as people um, to think that like anytime a woman throws up, she's pregnant, but that's how this was set up, I think. And it was just so uncomfortable. And then at the end, it's like, Rowan, I have to tell you something. Rowan, I have to tell you something. Rowan, I have to tell you something. Like four times in the series. And you're like, oh God, here we go. And it's like, she just had to tell him that she was his mate. Like I, I, that was set up so dramatically. Uh, what did you, so. We, we know. To, yeah. Like <laughs> we know, everybody knows we're all it's like the spider-man meme where they're like did you know did you know like they're all the same thing you know it's like whatever but yeah we kind of get to that part they get into the marsh and everyone's having like weird awkward tension they open the chest and all that's in there is this like mirror mirror and then all these volcra come and bog come and you kind of get to see the extent of lorcan's power which i thought was really cool and then you get to see aelin like max yourself out and you're like okay this isn't gonna go well and they go back to the beach so did you expect this to be Ansel or who did you think this was gonna be when they get back to the beach and there's all the armada yeah and it's like Ansel and she's like I oh no I was not <laughs> expecting that I was like I'm here for it though because I love Ansel like I I think she's so great like even even though she did Aelin real dirty like I still love Ansel like I think she's so funny she okay so Ansel I picture her as like Brienne with like red hair and like obviously not like Brienne's temperament but like that's just how I see her is like full decked out and like armor and like just a badass I I love Ansel like I love her so much she's like I'm here to save the day like this bitch called me so here I am like that's so great. I loved it. I like and like how frenemies relationship where like they well, are really how, friends, but yeah, how her and Aylin just fall right back into it. And I just, I loved it. I, yeah, I loved their, their relationship. It was so funny. Cause it's like, you want to be mad at Ansel, but then you're like, but she was so great. Like she was such a good friend to her and like all these things. And you didn't know that Aylin is like, I love her. I love her. Like we were friends and I'll always like I feel that we were close and all that stuff. And I, I thought it was so good. And I, it felt like a real turning point. You're like, okay, so they could win. Like here she is, she's bringing her band of thieves and you know, cause they stole the wastes or whatever. And then Manon's like the wastes, the wastes that's my house, you know? And I was like laughing so hard, but you know, it kind of brings the whole map together, I think a little bit better. And you get a better understanding of all the people and how they're going to work together and the witches and things like that. And, and so I really, I thought that was, I, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I was ready to see what was going to happen and how, you know, obviously Manon and Ansel are going to work together going forward and what that's going to look like for peace with the humans and the witches in this place that, you know, they've been trying to live in forever. Um, and yeah. then I, so then we kind of see that Maeve is going to come and she brought her big sleep okay. ships. Going back, how yeah. did you feel about the whole Lorcan getting attacked and Aline, like, saving him? Like, this whole scene was just, like, it kind of broke my heart because I'm like, she's literally the only one that's fighting for Lorcan. Like, you know what I mean? And it kind of just shows, like, I don't know. It just, it was so interesting to me that like 
no one else, everyone else is like, he's a dick. And she's like, I love him. And she like saves him basically, you know, when Fenris like rips open her arm and, you know, it's this whole thing and Aelin like patches her up and saves her and everything like that. And Rowan is like, basically puts a halt on the whole let's kill Lorcan party. Yeah, this and is then, another one of those, the, the really good play on words yeah. thing where they're like, they say the right thing to like hold mm-hmm. the bond and just like Manon did, you know? Yeah, I thought that was Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that was, that was interesting. And then you get this moment where like Lorcan's worried, obviously, with everything that's going on. And you know, something happens because Aelin looks at him and kind of is like, Huh. Like she kind of gives him this look and it was just like, okay. And then she just kind of proceeds with her plans. And so did you think anything was going to come out of that, that kind of moment? I didn't. I thought that it was like Aelin was finally saying that she not trusted Lorcan, but knew that he was like better than they thought he was in the same way that he came to kind of save them at the end um, when they were destroying the clock tower and stuff like that. Like that was a subtle nod to her being like, I believe that you're a better guy than you think you are. And like, I, I believe in that, but I think that the way that played out was that she understood that he had called Maeve. But when I read it, that's exactly what she says. Like, yeah. she's like, I knew, you yeah. know, that cause that's the same thing I did. And right. so it was like, Oh, heartbroken. Man. I was just like, Oh, when that was like all revealed, I was just like, so basically, you know, they're all, they're it's they go Ansel, back to the beach. <laughs> yeah Ansel and her fleet and Rowan and them and everyone and they go back to the fleet they go back to the beach um and they're waiting basically Maeve shows up you know she shows up a couple of days later so what did you think when they show up and Rowan is like I'm gonna go try this one last thing it's like Dorian's magic is great but it's not that good and he doesn't know how to control it and Aelin's obviously expended I'm expended and we don't have a good shot at this what did you think? Did you expect him to go to his cousins and kind of beg them to switch sides? Did you think that was what was happening? I thought he was going to go to one. I thought he was going to go to the one. And then that was like the head of the family. And he was going to like, but I did not expect him to go from cousin to cousin to like every relative and literally, which is so out of, it just shows how much that he truly cares for Aelin and the kingdom and the safety of everyone in his party because he is willing to put his pride aside after all of these years of like basically not wanting anything to do with his family he's willing to set that aside and quite literally beg he says he begs on his hands and knees to these lords to reconsider to fight with them against Maeve. so i thought that he was going to ask them to just walk away. Cause he doesn't ask them to fight with them. That's a, not until the end. Like you don't find out that's what he did. So I thought when he was going there, he was asking them to just walk away. Did you think that he was asking them to fight? Yeah. Were you surprised by that? No. Well, Cause they needed ships and they yeah. needed, you know, but I they thought needed that he was that. just going to be like, Hey, just like swim away. And just float like away. <laughs> less involved. Cause yeah. then they would be fighting less ships. You know what I mean? I didn't that's expect true. him to like ask them to fight with him. I thought he was just going to be like, Hey, just like, Halas, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, no, I I thought he was going to say that because obviously they needed more. They need more, you know? And so how did you feel that this, this scene broke my heart? Like this whole situation was just is so intense and just 
you know, Maeve shows up and they're trying to figure out why Maeve shows up. And then like, they're, how did you think that they were actually going to take Rowan up on his offer and what he, what he had said? I didn't, I was shocked that they had like changed sides. I really didn't think they, like I said, I thought he was just going to tell them to like leave, like, Hey, this is going to be a slaughterhouse. Just get out of here. So when they started to turn tide and like head up to their side, I was shocked. And I thought it was, I really enjoyed the way that it was like strategically set up that, you know, like each Faye essentially was like on a different spot. And like, you could, we get to finally see like these set of Dorian's powers. And like, that was so beautiful. And it's like, uh, I just loved, you know, Lysandra in the water and you're like, okay, this feels like a one in a million, but like, you're still rooting for them and all the things they can mm-hmm. do. And I, I wasn't that surprised that Maeve was like on the shore. But, you know, the fact that you see Fenris grab Gavriel and they just like, Fenris has this ability to like jump to places. They pop onto the, to the shore and Lorcan sees this and he like gets out and he, he understands that like Maeve is not, there she's on shore and you know what's going to happen and so because gavriel like looks at him and he looks at rowan and it's like sure like he's just like but you know he's like i don't know it was this weird moment and so um yeah how did you feel about the whole aiden and gavriel fighting together moment i thought that was precious and i really liked that but like gavriel kind of irritated me i guess towards the end it was like, you feel so heavily for them in this battle. And that's what I was saying earlier is like, I wasn't anticipating them being so like heartfelt and like really going for it when they were in the battle and like being willing to fight against Maeve and all that kind of stuff. Like I thought that was so shocking. And then they, you know, were willing to like protect Aelin and and do all that, like through the marshes and everything. So it's like, it felt really believable, but then I was kind of annoyed. So they get to shore and Maeve says, blah, 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 blah. I strip you of your oath. And Gabriel's like crushed. And it's like, I know that it was painful, but it's like, you could tell that he was like spiritually crushed, I guess, is like how she made it out to me. And I was like, yeah, I know. But like, does it matter? Like, I know that it's like, you know, you're like dishonorably discharged from Maeve's service, but it's like, does it really matter? Like, Aelin's going to take you into her court. You're going to be like, great. And I don't know. It, it was just like, I got it. But yeah, I'm well, saying. Gabriel's, I was, like, in pain, Gabriel's but... relationship with Maeve is also really weird. That's like... what I was saying. It just was like uncomfortable. You're like, so you yeah. did all these things for your son and you like fought so hard and you said that you really don't like her, but then that happened. And it was like, yeah, you were in pain, but you were also like in anguish. And it was like, I don't, I, why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't get did it. Did you feel and like that she... was kind of weird? Like, I don't yeah, know. I thought that was, like I thought it was, I, I could see that happening with Lorcan. I understood why that would, why Lorcan reacted the way that he did, but with, Gavriel, I was kind of confused, I guess, the same as you. It was just kind of like, I didn't realize he would be that. I guess he's so honor-bound and, like, they refer to him as so, like, honorable and honor-bound and this and that. And so, but it's still at the same time, like, this woman ruined your life and ruined your son's life and your, the love of your, like, ruined your mate's life, basically. And it's like, you're, huh? Yeah, it was, it was strange. But did you expect, did you expect everything to happen that did at the end when you were just like, and Aelin's like, yeah, I knew you sent that out. So this is what happened. Like I was, oh, oh, this whole scene just broke my heart. This whole scene was just, oh my God. I didn't expect it, it to be Lorcan that had sent out the notice to Maeve. Did you? I didn't either. Yeah, no, that was a shock. No, I didn't. And, and that was, 
I didn't Ugh. like that Aelin knew. Like, I I get it because you can see that she's clearly like a queen now and everything. It was this yeah. cagey nonsense that was like, that really like, I don't know, it just like broke my heart for Rowan because we get to that part and, you know, Maeve, and and like Rowan's so far away and he's like, where are the girls? He's like they went trying the to get there and everything. They went through the mirror yeah. and then Manon has to pretend to like, not, know not give it. Okay. How did you feel about everything that Alina, that uh, Alina like just dumped into, into Aelin's lap and was like, by the way. Yeah. I thought that was okay. So we get a little bit more of a backstory about like what happened and you're like, okay, I kind of understand what you're saying. Like, obviously the situation is terrifying. So you wanted to try to lock him up. And I think I would have maybe done something like that. And in the long run, like if that happened to me, I probably would have done that. I probably would have tried to lock him up instead, but then she has those conversations with the like three wise goddesses and is like, yeah, well, you could just like have one of my offspring. It's like somebody else's problem. And it's like, wow, you thought it was because she was scared, not because she sucks. And I was just like, so annoyed She's just by that. passing the book. Yeah. She just doesn't, she doesn't want to deal with it. I thought it was because she was like really, you know, she, I was convinced from her that like, she was so scared. She thought that he was going to destroy the realm and all that. And then she's like, well, it's just going to be somebody else's war. So like, well, that's what they talk about in the beginning. She's like, "Mm, sorry, this is going to be someone else's war. He's going to wake up eventually and get, get out. And it was just like, what the hell? And then like the fact that she's like, I didn't actually think I was going to be involved as much as I was in this and like you and getting to know you. And I didn't think I was going to have to do anything. I thought I was just going to live on the other side all peaceful. Like, or like, I was just like this bitch, man. Like, yeah, she was a savage character, but I, I mean, we like were her. pissed at her in Crown of Midnight in her conversations with I've been Nahimia. pissed at her since the beginning. She's terrible. Definitely. Like, I don't like Lena at all. I don't I just, know. It was so cryptic too. And I get it that they like kind of showed the flashback of Nehemia, but I still was annoyed with her. Like, I don't understand Nehemia's yeah. character and like the point of all of that and, and everything. Yeah. It's like, so she just stumbled upon this place and was like, Hey, I'm going to go help someone. Cause you told me to like the blind faith thing just doesn't settle, sit well with me because yeah. it just didn't make sense to all of that. And like her being like, well, Nehemia knew she was going to die. And it's like, okay, I'm I still also, not convinced that she had to kill herself. I also her, like, did not like their depiction of her relationship with Gavin like everyone talks about Elena and Gavin being like this inseparable amazing like power couple and you know kind of like Rowan Aelin status but the only thing I got from reading her point of view was that they hated each other like it was literally just like they were just I don't know it was just like this like I, I didn't, but they didn't I don't agree know. on anything yeah right yeah I, they were just kind of so weird tense and weird and I just maybe it was because it was like war times but this I don't know I was yeah a prequel exactly and so you find out that you know you hear throughout this the books that she's like the nameless heir she's the queen that was promised all these things and Aelin talks about figuring it out you know when she's throwing up and Rowan thinks she's pregnant but she's it's basically her figuring out that she is you know the one that was promised the one that basically needs to be sacrificed kind of a situation like she's the sacrifice to close the door and everything like that and so she she finds all this out from Elena and you know Elena just kind of lays it at her feet and she's like yeah I know and she's like I'm the one that's to be sacrificed and I'm the one that's gonna save everything and I had a really hard time with Elena's I couldn't, you were dead and I brought you back to life and then sent you to be 
abused by Arabin to almost die in the salt mines to be to have your this miserable life this like life that's been terrible your parents are dead you have nobody your first love of your life gets literally just just like tortured and destroyed and you like all these terrible things she's like I just wanted you to experience life and I was like I'm sorry at this point like and this is probably a very 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 unpopular opinion but I would rather not know then know what I was leaving and that I was never going to be able to have that, you know? And I like, I just, for me, it's like one of those things. It's like, would you have rather her? She was already gone. She was already dead. Like, you know, I, I don't know. It was just, it's like, now you decide to be self-sacrificing Elena. Now you decide to make this decision to save someone. But before you had no problem, no qualms with it because it was someone else. You were going to pass the buck off to someone else and you didn't really care. Like now you're going to be self-sacrificing and now you're going to give a damn. Like I, I, that mm, she's like, I knew Arabin was bad. And I was just like, I hate you. I would like to say many, many moons ago, I said, how did Arabin find her? just like down the river, because originally I had initially thought that like Arabin yep. was the assassin that had come after her. And you were like, she just went way down the river. I would just like to point that out. <laughs> Logistically, none of this made sense. No, nope. so I had a feeling <laughs> that like, something was going on here because I thought originally that he was the assassin that came to kill her. But it was so strange though, because it's like Elena acted like she had a relationship with Arabin before and she knew him before and knew what he was. So what, what were you hoping to gain out of that by like giving her into that life? And it's like, I get that you thought it was going to make her strong and tough and all that, but like you knew that she was going to suffer. And I agree. Like it was so strange and her personality is so weird. And then Alina is just like, or sorry, Aelin is just like, I knew this was like, what was coming. And Manon's like, what you, what, huh? What? And like, that was what? like my response. Manon is a very Aiden moment. She's like, what is going on? Like I, uh, and it was just so awkward. And then, you know, their symbol, their like relationship and their symbolism and all the things that happened between the two of them. And as they like come back, you know, through the mirror and Manon realizing like the part that she needs to play and all of that. And I think that was really well played out. And you feel like so heavily for a lead being like Manon, we were friends. You're supposed to like help my friend. Like, I thought that you cared about me and like, I'm a witch. Like, let's be, you know, do something, yeah. you know, like the injustice of all of this. And that's kind of like the overarching theme, I think of this whole thing. And yeah, Maeve is awful. And I obviously she's you know awful awful but like man she the fact that she literally she has one of her like sadistic piece of crap cronies go in there and whip her like and Aelin refuses she's like you need to count to 10 but like I was just like this is so terrible and like Aelin doesn't count and even the like sadistic crony is like maybe we should stop because she's gonna die and like Maeve is like, oh, don't worry. I know if I kill you, it's going to be in sacrifice to open the, the gates. And I don't want that. So you're not going to die. You're just going to suffer. And I was just like, this is, I hate her so much. And so, and this, she leaves and she like puts this mask and sticks her in this lead coffin. And I'm like, oh, that's so, oh, that's just terrifying. And she just like takes off with Fenris. And it was just, oh, and leaves Gabriel and Morgan there to just like, ah, on the beach, like, dying from their not dying but like you know being Suffering. so just distraught over their you know whatever and then you know Aline and Manon and when Rowan this, comes this part so oh. when Rowan like ends up back on the beach and it's like 
what happened and all these things. And then here we go again with her being like so cagey and Lysandra just like strolls up and is like, oh yeah, by the way, I knew all the plans. It's like, I get it. You guys were best friends and all those things and like had such a close relationship, but like it, it just felt so unnecessary to me. And it was like so cringy and uncomfortable. And you know, then the silent assassins come and you're like, okay, yeah, this is like going well. And then the, um, you know, her cousin comes from Wendland and yeah. And her note is very Selena-esque where she's like, you didn't help last time. Are you going to help again this time? Or are you just going like, to yeah. sit on your ass and do nothing? And I, I loved that. And you feel that the like things are turning, like taking a turn, the tides are changing, stuff's going on. Um, but it just, it, it felt a little unsafe for her to be that cagey. And yeah, to have it was Sandra also the only one that knew. It broke oh, my and, heart. Oh, when Rowan lands on the beach and he's like, where's my, he's like, where is Aelin? Where's Aelin? And he's like screaming at Lorcan and screaming at Gabrielle. It's like, where is she? Like, oh, he's like, where's my wife? And then in that moment, you were just like, oh, and Lorcan is like, oh my God. Like Lorcan knows. Like in that moment, he's like, I fucked up like big time, like big, big, big time. Because this is the second time that Rowan is basically, I just, uh, that he has basically lost his wife. You know what I mean? And it's just like, not only his wife, but this is his mate. And so Lorcan's like, so, did you expect that whole, I guess, revelation when Maeve says that that chick wasn't his mate and that she like set all of this yeah. up years in advance? You kind of knew that. Was I didn't come. expect the, her setting it up, but I, I had a feeling that she wasn't actually his mate. Same. But, um, and then she's like, I wanted you to show up because I wanted you guys to get married. And it was so just like weird and just, but I understand why she would want that because she controls Rowan right. with the blood oath. So she, in a roundabout way, she would also control Aelin with Rowan being, you know, just that pawn. And so obviously she she still in a roundabout way did what Maeve wanted to do, but Maeve doesn't have the control of Rowan until now because she has Aelin and right. she's, you know, and so. What did you think about the, if Lysander had to be Aelin forever thing? And she said that her and Aiden would have to like mate and have babies. That was like a weird side comment I think and it was like you her can tell how Aiden. in depth she went no her and Rowan no she said that Lysandra said that she would have to mate with Aiden oh yeah because, because the eyes the same. oh you yeah just, and so I like, forgot about that because then she would pass on the yeah the, traits the like the family she would look like him and it's like I just thought that it's like she can communicate so well with Lysandra and set all of this up so well that they went that far in depth like if she died or something happened or like she had to stay Aelin forever that she would like mate with Aiden and it was like that one was like I think to me even more soul crushing because it's like Aiden loved Lysandra and told her he would wait forever for her and all these things and then it's like I want to marry you I want to be with you and she's like yeah you will but like as a pawn and it's like oh Oh, that one like hurt even worse. I think because, I, I was oh. way on Aiden's side in this moment when he was just so pissed off. And I was like, same, like I would be so mad to be used to that extent. Like you give it everything, you know, he obviously feels guilty because he's confronted Aelin, like when they were in the marshes and he's like, what have you done? Like, you have done nothing. You said, you're going to build these armies. They're going to do this. And he's like, and she's very quiet about it because she knows she has these like secret plans that these you know armies are going to show up and I understand why she doesn't say that because she doesn't actually know if they're going to show up like why give people hope and so I get that but at the same time like this whole book again Aiden has been like what is going on just tell me like it's not like Aiden's gonna like not help 
I don't know. It was just so, I don't know. It was so bad. And I felt so bad. That one was bad even more heartbreaking for me. Yeah. It was for Rowan. I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. Yeah. Like, obviously it was heartbreaking for Rowan. And you know, Rowan's going to do anything and everything to like get her back. And you understand that. But the deception with Lysandra and Aiden and everything. And he's, he's like, she might be, she trusts me now. It's like this moment where he's like, oh yeah, she like, he's like, before this, he's like, she trusts me and she loves me and we're going to figure this out and we're going to be together. And it's, I'm going to marry her one day, even if it takes 10 years and I love her and all this moment. And then just this crushing deception and like, she's just ripped the rug out of everything. And then she's like, oh yeah, by the way, we still are going to kind of be together because we have to make babies. But I'm also like, okay, that's never going to happen. The fact that you could never... My the only thing that I was thinking was like, well, Sandra's never gonna pass off as Aylin. If they have to fight, she doesn't have her powers. Like, there's no way she would they would anyone would know. Like, yeah, that's what I didn't understand either. I was like, I get it. And the fact that she's a shapeshifter and she looks like her, but what's gonna happen when like the war to come when they yeah. ask for her to like show her power? So I she could never be Aylin forever. That would Richie. never happen. Like that could never happen because of her powers and her abilities, like that would be expected and for Aelin to not be on the on the battlegrounds like I'm sure people would be like oh because she's the queen but like I don't know and then how did you feel about the secret marriage I was not surprised by that in the slightest I feel like this happens so often in in like fantasy novels like they got married in secret like two days ago blah 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 and it's like I get it I liked that I thought it was good obviously we know that Rowan's endgame and and all that stuff. And I think it added like the extra shock and wow factor, but I, I don't, I think it's going to be a little bit of an eye roll in kingdom of ash because people are going to be like, well, you just married someone with like no titles and no lands. And we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, I, I think it's going to be a lot of that in this next book. Yeah. Even so though I, I don't think, I think he's going to probably get those back. It was heartbreaking. And then just, it was like one, two punch, man. And then a lead like walks up to Lorcan and she's like, I hope you're happy and I hope you die alone. And I was like, damn. Yeah, she's savage. She's super savage. I she just that- saunters off with a 13, the like, you know, oh, yeah, the, the, the asterisk show 14. Like um, she's like hanging out with them. I didn't like how they ended it with the witches. It was just sort of like, I'm sure they're coming the next one, but I wanted a little bit more of like a plan yeah. as to like what was going to be next. It just felt very yeah. like, here we go. I also loved how they... I thought it was so I thought it was so great I mean it was very very expected but when you know Manon's like you can't be here like you can't be on the marshes you're too easily spotted Abraxas you need to like Aelin's like the dragon has to go and so like Aelin sends him on his or Manon sends him on his merry little way they're like searching for him and searching for him and I'm like he went to go find them. He went, and then he just like comes in, swoops in and saves the day and brings in the 13. And I was like, yes, the Braxis. Like he's, he's the pet sidekick that everyone deserves. Yeah. I loved him a lot. I was like, yeah, I expected that to happen, but I thought it was really good. And I hope that we get a lot more of witches in the next one for like yeah. conclusion wise as to what's going to happen next with that. Yeah. What were your thoughts on um, the total and absolute lack of cattle, chale, cattle, chale, kale, kale? Um, I wanted his perspective, honestly, because I was like, there's, there was a huge change. Okay. And I, I've texted you this and talked to you about this multiple times. I don't understand the hatred for kale. I think he is necessary in the story. His progress, his arc is so great. I love kale. I I do. I like kale. Like I've liked kale since the beginning. I mean, 
listen to the first episode. I've like, I've been team kale all along, but I, I was wanting some of his, but I think if his perspective was in here, it would have taken away from this story. I think it would have taken away from everything. Cause if, when you read tower of dawn, it's so separate. And so it's in such a different time, not time, but such a different place. And it's so separate from what's going on in Empire of Storms. I think it would have taken away from Empire of Storms. I'm glad I didn't do the dual read situation because I don't think it would, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Um, I was excited to read Tower of Dawn though, because I like Kale. So I thought that was going to be fun. And I wanted to see Irene again and see, you know, that whole situation happen and how that played out. But I missed Kale, but I also knew that his perspective was coming. What about you? I didn't miss Kale, but like, I do like him. I like him a lot, but I didn't, I genuinely didn't miss not having him as a part of it in this whole thing. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't, he's just human is what it is for me. Like, I, I feel like the people that are coming into the, the main, I guess, like characters of all of this have become Faye and shapeshifters and half Faye and this and that and the other. And, you know, Elite is like sort of witch and all that. So I don't know if it was because he's just human and it feels very Matt Donovan and Vampire Diaries to me that like, he's just kind of irrelevant, but like, we like him. Everybody loves Matt, you know? He's the Matt Donovan of Throne of Glass. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so shout out to the girls at Akafe. They, they mentioned this a while ago and I was like, oh my God, that is so true. So I don't know if that's what it is to me. Like, I love Matt. We love to see his perspective. We like to hear his stupid opinions sometimes, but like, I just didn't miss him. But I will say like, we've both read Empire Storms and Tower of Dawn at this point. Um, I love Tower of Dawn. I loved his perspective. I loved me seeing too. everything that happened and all that. So I didn't miss him in this, but I, I do still like him. And I, I was excited to like have a whole book kind of talking about that. And I agree. I think it was nice to not read a tandem read. I like knowing what had already happened while reading Tower of Dawn. So the shock and awe yeah. factor wasn't there, but it was in everything that you found out in the next book. Yeah, I think I'm glad I didn't do, I'm glad we didn't do the tandem read. Yeah. We had originally planned to do the tandem read, but I'm very happy we didn't. Yeah. Um, because there are certain things that I think when you're reading Tower of Dawn, you're like, oh, okay, this is going on. This is happening. And you're like, okay, that makes sense that this is happening at the same time. And then you find things out like, I think it takes away from the things that you find out, it takes away from some of the characters. Like if I had done the tandem read with um, Tower of Dawn and Empire of Storms, it would have taken away from some of the like big tidbits and things that you find out in Tower of Dawn that are just like shocking. And it would have taken that away um, having read the tandem read, I think. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I think the ending of Empire Storms would have less of an impact knowing like everything you know from that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. What was your star rating for this one? I gave this one a 4.5. So this is, I really like this one. I had a lot of fun with this one. I think you get such great perspective from all the characters. The arcs are amazing. Manon's story is just, Manon and Dorian are, I love them. Like they, they just light things on fire, man. I absolutely love them. Um, I will agree. Aelin was kind of annoying with her caginess in uh, her plans. Um, I don't know. I love Aiden. I still love Aiden. He's, he's everything. Um, and I felt, I literally felt like Aiden this entire book. Like, what is going on? What is happening? And so, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I loved 
the battle scenes and all of the things that you find out and the craziness and the characters that come back. I just loved all the references back to Assassin's Blade and with Ansel coming back and the silent assassins and her cousin and everything. And it was just, I loved how this ended. And it was just like, it was just, it was, I think it's the perfect culmination of how this should have ended moving into Empire, moving into Kingdom of Ash. It's like that perfect moment where you're like, okay, like shit's about to hit the fan in Kingdom of Ash. Like it's literally about to go crazy. So I'm very excited and scared to read Kingdom of Ash if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I really liked it. I'm glad I didn't do the tandem read. Um, yeah, four and a half for me. What about you? I guess I'm probably a solid four. I think there was a lot going on and I was a bit confused at some points and it really, the, this is such a long book. And so for me, it's like, I appreciate that they're long books, but I don't know. I just felt like there was a lot of, there was a little bit of like choppiness in it at certain points. And then it's like, we're all just waiting for that, like holding our breath, waiting for the end when everyone kind of comes together. So that's what didn't make it like a four star for me, I think, or five star for me. Sorry. I just gave it like a four. Um, because I just felt like there was a couple of bits and pieces that were like, it was just such an info dump and you're like, how are they going to all end up together at the end? Um, I love Elaine and Lorcan's story, a lead, a lead in Lorcan's story. Um, and that perspective was probably like one of my favorites. I wished for a little bit more Manon. And I think that might be why I didn't like knock this one out of the park either. I wanted a little bit more about her life as a Croatian or like, what was she going to do about all that kind of stuff and finding all that out? I would have liked a little bit more of that, but overall, I like, I really like this one. It's probably my favorite in the series. I think it's a lot of people's favorite in the series. Yeah, it's really good. I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun reading it. Um, I will agree. There is a lot that happens. It's packed. And I feel like kingdom of ash is also going to be packed full of just everything. So, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one. It was a lot of fun. I'm ready to like, go through tower of dawn and like chat about that i'm excited yeah. to deep dive i like tower and... of dawn i yeah that I one i think so far throne of glass empire of storms and tower of dawn are my favorites in the series like they're all kind of same for me yeah. you know as far as star rating and kind of what i liked not what i liked about them but how i liked them yeah definitely so yeah any final thoughts that was it um no i mean excited to get into tower of dawn and talk about that one um very excited to talk about that one i really like that one so thank you all for joining us and listening to us chat about empire of storms and thank you all who have stuck it out through our entire throne of glass uh process it's been fun i'm really glad that we're kind of reading this for the first time it's been fun kind of not guessing but you know piecing out what might happen and where things are going and not knowing it's been a lot of fun. So, um, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, thank you all for (laughs) every one of you who have stuck it out, man. It's been, it's been an adventure. Yeah, this has been quite the journey. I'm, I don't know how we're going to make it through a thousand page book, but I really like it so far. And this isn't my favorite of SJM series and I'll see when we finish it out, if it is. Um, but I, I don't think this is like my top favorite. I think this is much more of a vibe for you, but I'm excited to like finally understand all the memes and references and cosplay yeah. and all of that <laughs> stuff is like so nice to finally yep. be a part of the fandom. Um, I, yeah, I really, I really like the, the turning of the tide that, that is this book. Um, yeah. So, Same. but 
on Wednesday, we will have a bonus episode that is non-throne of glass related. And we actually yeah. had Kirsten's sister, Katie from Kate's bookcase Yay. on with us. Um, and we did mm-hmm. woman in the windows. We did a review of some spooky summer reads. If you guys have read fun. that. Yeah. It was really fun. That is a Netflix movie and it's written by AJ Flynn, but just recently came out on Netflix. So we did a little compare and contrast of the book to the movie and chatted about that. And then yeah. next week we'll be Tower of Dawn. And then we'll have two special guests coming up at um, after we finish Kingdom of Ash. And yeah, yeah. I think that's about very it. exciting, exciting stuff. So some really good episodes that are coming up. Uh, very excited for our special guests. If you want to join our book club, for the Bookish Banter Book Club for the month of July, we are reading All the Murmuring Bones by A.G. Slatter. So if you want to join us, go on um, our link tree on the Instagram page and click on the Discord group. Discord is a free app. It's basically where we just chat about everything. And then at the end of the month, we have a Zoom call and we just chat about the book. We just had our Zoom call um, for Ninth House and it was so much fun. It was so great. Uh, we, wa- we read Ninth House last month. If you have not read Ninth House, we highly recommend you read Ninth House. We're obsessing over it. It is so good. So pick up that one. I, our Tatiana's theory is that it's on everyone's TBR, but they haven't read it yet. Yeah. That's so. my never ending theory. Everybody owns it. It's like, it's by Levar Dugo. So everyone bought it, but nobody read it. But yeah. So I think that's about all we've got going on. Um, if you guys do head over to Blissfully Bookish Co, we still have our rep code is still working until the end of July. So if you guys want to head over and buy vintage teas like us, you can do that. I will link everything in the show notes for um, the Murmuring Bones, the Discord group and all that kind of stuff. So if you're on Spotify, you can go ahead and clicky click away. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all we have for you this week. So thank you guys. Um, we appreciate it. And follow us, like us, leave a five-star review, etc. You know, You know the drill. <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> okay, bye. I'm just kidding. Bye. I'm going to stop doing that. Bye. It's tradition. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.